Hey, welcome to James Crowley's Infinite Playlist, the podcast where I try to hear every song that has ever existed, a podcast on the Lughole Network. And I have a very exciting episode for you today, and I think that it's exciting for many reasons, but before I get into those reasons, uh, I want to tell you who the guest is. The, my guest this week is Colm Cronin from the Irish NFL show. He also hosts the podcast Adventures in Advising, two really great and awesome podcasts. I had a great time talking to Colm. We spoke a few months ago, and I'm very excited that you're finally getting to hear our conversation. I think that it's really timely and exciting because our conversation was about live shows and live music and memories from live shows, which I know that I share a lot of them on this podcast, but it was exciting to get someone else and like to talk specifically about great live shows because it's it's always so exciting to talk about uh, different shows, and I think that, you know, with everything that's been going on, I've noticed that, like, here in the states a lot of me and my friends have been going to shows and like seeing things last week i talked about how i was going to the hella mega tour um and it's super exciting i keep seeing different people talking about going to different shows and it's so cool and so fun and you know so many people are so excited that live music is back you know and if you've been listening to this podcast for a while you know that i went to my first show back in june but hella mega was my first show that felt like like a lot of shows I was going to before the pandemic. So it, I'm feeling good and I'm excited that shows are back. But I also feel like uh, there's a lot to be cautious about. You know, you keep hearing about things with the Delta variant and different you know, variants of COVID-19 that are going around, and I don't want shows to go away. You know, I hope more and more people get vaccinated. I hope that while people go to shows, they are wearing masks or wearing masks as often as much as they should be. Um, you know, and it's just very exciting, and I hope that shows don't go away because the last year was hard for a lot of people, and it was a bummer to miss out on a lot of shows. But so this conversation was so much fun because... Uh, me and Colin just talked about different great show memories that we had and there's so many good ones that you know we had just so many different genres of music represented and it was such a fun conversation and I'm so excited for you to hear it uh before I play you our conversation or at least the first part of our conversation uh check out Colin's two podcasts he's the host of the Irish NFL show uh which he talks about a little bit here and he's also the host of Adventures in Advising um both super great podcasts very fun um and you can follow him on instagram and twitter he's column from cork uh on both and you can find those both in the show notes you can follow me on all my socials i'm james p crowley on instagram and tiktok james p crowley 68 on twitter uh you could follow the podcast uh james crowley's infinite playlist on instagram <laughs> and i think that that is everything uh go check out everything go check out all those things follow column follow me it's uh, such a great conversation uh and yeah let's get right into it uh let's uh, hop into the podcast proper but so before we talk about music tell me a little bit about the irish nfl show uh first tell me about the irish nfl show yeah um yeah, so I've I've always been um, a big NFL fan, which obviously a little bit unusual in Ireland, so many thousand miles away. But they used to show highlights on TV when I was growing up, and I just fell in love with the game. And there were the this team who were wearing neon orange at the time. I think so bright you could see them from space, and they had a, a number seven who happened to be John Elway, who just seemed to be here, there, and everywhere. And the Denver Broncos be became my team. And I saw them go to, uh, the, the uh, this is how young I was. They were playing the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. And <laughs> everyone knew that the 49ers were going to, to win. Um, even, I think, most Broncos fans, except for people like me. I was too, too young and thought, no, we have a chance. So that ended up being the first sporting event I, I cried over. We It <laughs> remains that record loss in the Super Bowl, 55-10. Um, and then kind of uh, throughout the, you know, over the, the course of the, the 90s, continued to, to follow the game. And I suppose now that we have Game Pass and I can watch every game, 
it is I, I call it an affliction because it is both a blessing and a curse because I can't not watch it. And the Broncos, like we've had some great moments. I, I, you know, I would not trade being a Broncos fan for the world, but we've been terrible over the last five years. <laughs> and some of the games, like a Monday night game, will be on at 20 past three in the morning. Yeah. And that is, that makes Tuesday tough, especially after you've lost that Monday night game. <laughs> uh, and I think the, the Thursday night games and the late Sunday night games um, are, are maybe worse because they're on at about 20 plus one yeah. with a Monday game. At least you get to go to bed and you can kind of go to bed at like 10, 11, get up at three and watch the game with the late Sunday one. You're like, ah, oh, it's only two hours. There's no point. I may as well just roll into it. But then it, it ends and it's like five in the morning. You're so jumped up on adrenaline that, you know, you don't go to bed. So that that's really tough. Uh, but I, I started um, along with a, a friend of mine, Mike McQuaid, give him a shout out Broncos Europe um, five, six years ago at this point where kind of we wanted to, you know, have fans over here. So we did meetups in the pub and a lot of fans from um, the United States would come over. We would all meet up in, in the, the pub if they were touring around, you know, or visiting or studying abroad, whatever it was. And I suppose the the pub in Dublin where we go to they the bullshit they have they they show every NFL game so there's loads of fans there and so I suppose you know um, became aware that there was probably an interest in hearing people with my sort of funny accent talk about the the game and so we started the the Irish NFL show just about a year ago, well, you know, last season. And we've been really very fortunate, um, had some brilliant people on and um, Jim Kelly, Wade Phillips, Ian Rappaport. Wow. So it's, it's, it's been really a lot of fun. Um, get the opportunity to talk to people. We kind of treat it like, you know, the way you just have a conversation. It's, yeah. there's no kind of, um, got gotcha moment or it's not it's not really x's and o's it's more about the stories because i think that stories are are what's so interesting and it has it's been great fun we've really seen the kind of community in ireland grow and it's what we were only discussing this last night the fact that all 32 teams have fans in Ireland, right? There are the Cincinnati Bengals fans in Ireland are passionate and they care <laughs> deeply about the Bengals and people in, in Cincinnati and across the United States might find that difficult to believe, but yes, they, they are very, very passionate about their team. So that has been a, a lot of fun. And we do in the off season, we're, we're kind of doing one show a week and we then in during the course of the season we do three shows a week so uh that as as you'll know from podcasting that is uh, a quite, quite the time commitment certainly but um given there's kind of so much happening in the league that's uh that's what we do um but if if anyone is uh out there uh is interested in in hearing more uh of about it or, or wanting to to listen to as i said people with funny funny accents talk about the nfl uh, irish nfl show there's a website we're on all of the various social media platforms and our next show uh well we're going to be kind of fridays uh for the for the rest of the off season up until august anyway that's that's awesome so also tell me about your other podcast adventures in advising yeah, so Adventures in Advising is all about higher ed and, and people who work with students. So it we speak with academic advisors, we speak with student support professionals, speak with people who work in student housing, student counseling, talk to students themselves, because higher ed is such an interesting space. And a lot of times, I suppose, people who are you know, lecturers, um, they get the opportunity to publish their work. Now, don't get me wrong, they're, you know, the publisher parish piece that has come in and the expectations that are put on lecturers are um, ridiculous, but they, they're void, they, they, they kind of have a bit more of a voice 
um, this the aim of this was to give a voice to people who work on the ad more on the admin side of things. But we we do have faculty members on as well because I think for a university to function really well, you need to have staff and faculty working together in order to help students education to um, support students so that one comes out twice a month we've been running for about a year and a half um, so we're on uh, episode 34 came out uh, just last week and we looked at topics like um, supporting graduate students the PhD process because that really is an interesting relationship you 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 have a supervisor for three or four years it's it's and it's really intense and for a lot of you know faculty members there's not a whole lot of training or support for them to act as you know supervisors so we talk uh, talk about that talk about the experience of students with disabilities um, particularly that that social side of things um, look at say the experience of international students look at the impact uh, around technology on the classroom on supporting students on students learning so we've covered a lot of of different topics on on that and I guess it's really for aimed at anyone who is interested in higher ed anyone who works with students or for people who are students themselves who maybe want to to get a, a peek behind uh, the curtain uh, at the uh the, the, the man from from the Wizard of Oz, you can uh, check check it out. Uh, that one is on pretty much every uh, podcasting platform. That's awesome. That's uh, I'll probably have to give that one a lesson just because uh, I'm slowly considering going to grad school right now. I've been uh, tossing the ideas back and forth in my head right now. I'm leaning towards no, but, you know, who knows how I'll feel tomorrow. <laughs> Well, uh, definitely something to to ponder. It can be great. It, it's a, it can be a really worthwhile investment. But yeah, you need to you need to know that it's the right decision for you. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, so before we get into the playlist proper, uh, I always like to ask, what type of music do you typically like to listen to? anything with melody <laughs> which uh, is a pretty wide spectrum but I think people will probably grasp from the the playlist it, it is very um, it, it's very wide I, I I love I love music I love going to, to live music which we'll we'll get to but um, I I don't think there there isn't say a genre of music that I would say, I, I know I, I, there's no way I listen to that um, because why would you close yourself off to that opportunity? There, there's certainly some that I, I like, you know, more than others. And I, I, I would say, you know, indie pop folk acoustic dance would be all probably what would appear more frequently than than others potentially um but i definitely think if you were to to look at uh some of the stuff that i i listen uh, to it it spans a, a huge kind of range i think yeah. we would probably cover a lot of um you know my favorite artists in the the when we're talking about the the playlist but yeah for me um me melody as long as they're it's uh <laughs> melodious then happy days i'm i'm looking back at my picks now just because there's a lot of like punk stuff that not so much the intense heavy barking stuff but i'm like eh, the, your stuff is definitely a little bit more melodic than mine um <laughs> Uh, but yours, I, I like. I've I've listened to yours. I, there's there's stuff on there that I that I like as well. And some some punk can be fantastic. There are a couple of um, I don't don't have them them on there, but they're one of um the, the great live bands that I've seen. They're a band from from Ireland called the the Sultans of Ping, and they're more pop punk. Um, but they're 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 really kind of witty and clever. Their their lyrics and just a phenomenal live performance. So again, I I absolutely wouldn't uh, dismiss punk in any way shape or form awesome awesome well so we're so the theme of the playlist is live music and kind of you know going through you know different shows and things uh you know and it's kind of fitting that we're doing it now because it's been a year with no shows and you, you know you were telling me before how you know 
you're still in lockdown in Ireland. Here, things are slowly starting to open up. Um, and I bought tickets to my first show that's supposed to happen in June, outdoors, socially distanced and everything. Uh, but so I'm very optimistic about seeing things this summer. Maybe not as many as I would have in past summers, but uh, you know, fingers crossed on live shows coming back soon. Yeah, it's something that I have really missed because I'm fortunate living in Dublin you know, I, Ireland's capital, a, a place where bands almost always stop off. You know, there, there is, um, there are very few bands that don't come to Dublin. Yeah, it occasionally happens, absolutely. But I would say that the, you know, we, we would see a huge number of bands come here. I ordinarily would have gone to a gig every once a fortnight at least, yeah. uh, or once every two weeks. I know that not everyone uses that that term, uh, but we do in Ireland. And so to go from a gig, you know, every two weeks to no gigs for 18 months has yeah. been a, a difficult transition, James. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Back when I was single, a friend of mine, or I was on a dating app, and I remember I saw some girl listed... Um, oh, I go to concerts all the time. And she said, I'd been to 25 in the last three years. And I'm like, well, I usually go to 25, like in a year. <laughs> um, you know, just because, because like, you know, whether, even if I'm not buying the tickets myself, I'm getting them, you know, I write about music for a couple of places. So like, I'll get tickets or, you know, have friends that are like, oh, just come along, you know? So I'm like always at shows. And now the fact that I haven't been to one in so long, it sucks, but you know, there's also the sense that I'm like, well, at least no one else is going to shows too. Cause that would, I feel like that would hurt even more to see like, oh, my friends are going to see all these great bands and I'm stuck at home. Yeah. And I, I can understand, I understand that. Like, but I suppose at least there's, there's a, there's a joy to be had in seeing others do it, but yes, it was yeah. definitely hurt a little bit this summer when Ireland is in probably remaining in lockdown and I'm seeing, you know, my friends all, all around the world or, or seeing people in Australia and New Zealand at the moment oh, yeah. getting to, to go to shows because, you know, I, I, I have been very, very lucky um, in that and you know privileged in that I've been able to even travel for shows like I have done that um yeah. you know so I like I if I see that oh you know I they're not coming to Dublin or I really like the band I'm going to go and and see them play somewhere else in Europe I, I I've been able to do that and it's funny how and I think that's that's where I mean that that person that you saw on the the app that they love music clearly they go to yeah. to, to concerts but they're their idea of going to a lot of shows is clearly very different from you and I say. Exactly. Uh, well, so, and I've done that too with the traveling for shows, you know, there are certain bands that I will travel specifically to see them in certain place. And I'm sure that we'll get to that. But so let's hop right into it uh, with your first pick, which was Wolf Pick's Back Pocket. No, I mean, Wolfpack are amazing. They are just, just fun. And I, yeah. I think looking at the the list that I have, I think that's a word I will use a lot in the course of uh, our discussion. But it was my my friend Dennis basically told me about Wolfpack, and I I actually they they weren't on my radar at all. This is. I don't know, maybe six years ago or so. Um, I can't. I, I. I. I can't remember right now if it was 2015 or 2016 when they first came to Dublin. But basically, it was my my friend Dennis got on to me and said, "You need to go and see this band." And I said, um, "Okay, tell like I, you know, who who are?" And he said, "Wolfbeck." And I looked up, and their concert was coming up in just a matter of weeks. 
and they'd actually had to move it from one venue already. But I really didn't know what I was getting into. So I end, end up scouring the place for uh, for tickets. And um, I was re- really lucky. There's a there's a website in Ireland, right, called Toutless. And Toutless is great because people put up tickets there and you they, you're only able to sell them at face value. So you can't oh, scalp awesome. them. Um, so it's really cool. But I wasn't having any luck. And so I checked a couple of other websites and there was one person who was supposed to be selling them at face value. So I was on to that person and I go uh, to meet them. It was the night of the show. And suddenly he, he messaged me and he said, no, I, I'm looking for this much money. And he wanted like double. And I said, no, uh-huh. I'm just not. I'm just not going to do that. So I ended up hanging around the venue and getting um a couple of tickets at at face value and then the guy ended up messaging me later saying oh are you still interested I'll sell them to you (laughs) for less and I said no but anyway that's a a sidebar the Vulpec show I knew I didn't know a lot going in I'd obviously listened to some stuff but I didn't know a whole lot I cannot begin to describe and people should should google the their their response they could not believe it is their first show outside of North America and they were absolutely blown away Oh, it awesome. was incredible. People um, were, uh, as as Wolfpack said, like people sang De- uh, Dean Town. If people know that, it's an instrumental, and people in the crowd were like, were humming. Like they, the energy was unbelievable. They couldn't. They really were absolutely taken aback. There are so kind of so many clips that they put out themselves. Somebody put together a montage of all the clips from the show, and it was just, just just this incredible which i think music can do this experience of joy where people come together you have no idea how much time has evaporated you you kind of the, the gig ends and you go is how was that three hours or was that 30 yeah. minutes because i have no much no idea of how much time has gone and i i probably could have picked um you know a number of different songs from um their 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 catalog but um back pocket is one that i i always enjoy it always makes me smile when it comes on shuffle and uh so that's why i i went with that but for anyone who hasn't been to a wolfpack show go and see wolfpack uh that's awesome because like uh, this was kind of my first exposure to Wolfpack so I you know I really only heard this song I think I'd listened to some stuff prior but that's awesome and I like you said you know just kind of seeing a reaction from a band in a place that you know I live in New York so you know we end I we end up getting that kind of frequently just where there are bands that are like oh I'm in New York you know uh and it it's so incredible to just like see bands do that yeah, and, and the uh, some sometimes and it can in Ireland and and I suppose with any band it can almost be it it feels a little fake um, right there there's the the Springfield rocks moment and um, <laughs> there, that does exist and I I remember going to see Neutral Milk Hotel and I like Neutral Milk Hotel I, I do but there was so much expectation, right? That as soon as they came out onto the stage, it the adulation was like here, like immediately. It was a right, it was like a level 11. And there was no, there's no word for it to build. It couldn't grow, it couldn't develop. Yeah. And that, that was the, the beautiful thing about the, some of the best gigs I've been to. The reason is they, they kind of, you're wondering what it's going to be like, and then it builds naturally. Whereas if like, and, and that's not Neutral Milk Hotel's fault, but that night, if they had come out, no matter what they had played or what they had done, the, the, the audience response would have been like utter adulation. This is the greatest thing in the history of anywhere, everything. And it just doesn't allow you to the space to enjoy it. Uh, yeah. Whereas this Wolfpack gig, it, it built and built and built. And one of the, the other interesting Wolfpack stories is that when they were a, a much smaller band, they're trying to raise money to go on tour and to keep ticket prices down. They released an album of silence on Spotify and they <laughs> had people just play it, just put it on repeat yeah. when they were asleep. Uh, and they raised about 20,000 uh, off of this, which tells you how many plays, because that was like, that's, that's a ridiculous old. number of plays yeah. on Spotify. Basically before Spotify eventually shut it down, um, having realized exactly what was going on, was but not before they, they made enough money to allow them to, to tour. Um, and I think that's a lovely little anecdote about Vulcan. Oh, it's so funny. That's awesome. Um, you know, and it's funny, like you said, you know, just kind of 
seeing the genuineness because my first song is my favorite band and I feel like many of the times I've seen them, it kind of feels like that. And so my first song was a song for Ernest Hemingway by The Wonder Years. The sky goes from concrete to shark And this is a band that I've seen many, many times, but kind of bouncing off of what you'd said before, I, you know, one of the things I ended up thinking about was they were the last show I saw before lockdown. Um, and like, so perfect that I saw my favorite band right before I couldn't see any shows. Um, but at one point in that show, the lead singer just went, oh, New York, you know, this is our favorite city to play in. And then he just went, I'm lying. And people started booing. And he was like, well, wouldn't you rather I be honest with you? He's like, I still love playing here. But and but the Wonder Years are, I've seen the Wonder Years so many times. I've seen them more than any band. I will go to Philadelphia to see the Wonder Years because that's where they're from, um, you know, if I can. Um, but I chose this song in particular because uh, when I saw them, I think it was six years ago now on the tour for this album, um, you know, it was like my fourth time seeing them. And it was the first time I'd ever, it, it was not the first time, it was the last time I ever got to crowd surf, <laughs> um, you know, during this song where, you know, this was at that time, my favorite song on the album. Uh, you know, I'm a big, I was an English major in college, so I'm a big Hemingway nerd. So like I started crowd surfing during the part where he's singing about Hemingway. Um, and since then I've realized, okay, you need to lose weight if you can crowd surf again. Uh, but I think that there's something kind of poetic in the last time I crowd surfed was to what was one of my favorite songs at the time to my favorite band. Uh, that's a great story to have and to to remember like you know before we all went on hiatus for, for a time I didn't know this before you uh, sent it across and I was immediately kind of struck both by the name of the band and the the name of the the song uh given the the tv show and you know all of the the stories that surround the tv show remember that one about um that marilyn manson was uh one of the yeah, one, I know. one of the characters in the the wonder years which is great for a time until like the internet kind of said no that's not the case and then we learned a bit more about marilyn manson yeah. um and yeah, not so good either. But yeah, Hemingway, I am an English uh, lit grad as, as well. So lo yeah, I love Hemingway and um, listen to um, the Michael Lombardi podcast about the NFL. And he is an, a Hemingway um, aficionado, I think. And uh, he always, always, like, he's talking about the NFL. He'll just find a way to bring Hemingway into it. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm glad you you sent this one across. And it's nice to hear the, the story behind it because this was, is one of the ones that I really enjoyed. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's very, you know, it, 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 Hemingway's because I'm a little bit better about it now, but at this point in my life, I was like, you know, deep into it where I'm like, I would bring up Hemingway in any way I could. And when I saw, oh, wow, Wonder Years are doing a song called A Song for Ernest Hemingway, I was there and I was excited. So, yeah. Um, um, what? Well, I, I, I think hopefully, um, and I don't think you should be too, too harsh on yourself, but hopefully that is not, you know, the, 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 the return of shows will allow for the return of crowd surfing uh, over the, the, the next few months. Fingers crossed. I'm, I'm dieting, I'm exercising, you know. <laughs> I, I should have been doing it sooner. I could have gotten into crowd surfing shape uh much sooner people talk about beach bodies i want a crowd surfing body <laughs> um but anyway let's roll on into your next pick which was dance apocalyptic by janelle monet
yeah, Janelle is she she is incredible. Like what yeah. a performer. And I've been fortunate to see her in some really small venues in Ireland. Like a lot a lot of the the people on my list are, are they're all pretty small venues that I, I saw them in. Um she her I think the first time I think was try was a venue called Tripod. I want to say which um, was an old railway station that they converted, and um, the just again people really weren't sure what to expect. And then she had a hype man come on, and he was brilliant. But he is he so he got everyone warmed up, and then she came on, and I mean she just absolutely blew it out of the park she was painting while singing she had the crowd like um we were all down on our haunches at one point then up then down like uh er everyone kind of getting into it and just the way she kind of commands the the stage and i suppose people didn't really know her stuff that well when she first came over so even the stuff like that people were far less familiar with that really hadn't been out there she still was such a presence um and I, i've seen her sense that every time it has been a party and she you know without the say the theatrics of of, of a share perform right performance where she goes off and gets you janelle monet finds a way to make it just incredibly um theatrical in in her own way but the voice is so good the crowd interaction is so good and um i love that dance apocalyptic in as a track i just think it's it's really good it's another track that kind of when it comes on you can't help but smile you can't help but notice that you're you know you're you're moving to it um i i thought would i put tightrope on because that that's another great track with big boy but ultimately i i went for for dance apocalyptic i i know that she's been doing acting and stuff since i haven't seen anything about her touring recently um so I, i'm hoping that maybe we we will see her continue to tour certainly because uh i i would uh, go go and see janelle monet any day of the week absolutely and also just kind of from what i've seen of janelle monet like on award shows and things you know i i've always thought that she was a great performer i thought that what she does is great but getting to see thinking about seeing that in a smaller venue because Seeing it on an award show, uh, besides it being on TV, it's obviously like a big, you know, arena setting type thing, you know, and just picturing something like that on a much smaller scale is incredible to me because like I love bands that can kind of take what they take a big show and do it in a small space. Um, a band that a friend of mine is a big fan of, of Montreal is kind of like that where yeah where like I've only been to tiny venues but they have such crazy shows I could only tell you maybe two of Montreal songs but she's told you know I've told her I'm like yeah whenever they come I will go because it's a great show yes uh of Montreal I could have they, they were so close to making this list because they uh, they're it's exactly what you said I mean I I've seen them at a number of, of kind of smaller venues in, in Dublin as well what a show like you yeah. have no idea what is going to happen at their shows uh just get there they are you know so theatrical and and so creative um uh, and i actually that's that's a really nice compliment kind of janelle monet and, and of montreal so yeah good pick up there absolutely and even from what i've seen of janelle on the award shows there is some sort of similarities in like the dances and the pre pre presentation um but anyway, let's keep on rolling along into my next pick, which was Tyler the Creator's Who That Boy featuring ASAP Rocky. Who else step in this bitch this jig? Who else your bitch say got a big this big? Who else came through with a wrist this flick? Nigga, guess my pants, do my dance. Spin around, bitch, you can kiss my ass. Never seen a nigga ain't this much rad. Still doing math when I miss my class. Was it summertime, 06, at the number nine. Nigga, never mind, was it number time before bins. Got the Gucci motives. Um, and I chose this one because I, I saw Tyler 
on his Igor tour, which at the time was an album that I wasn't crazy about, but I've been a Tyler the Creator fan for years and years. Um, you know, so getting to see, I saw him at Madison Square Garden, which, you know, it was the first time he'd headlined the garden, like the actual like basketball uh, arena part of it. And it was such a big show. And then when he did this song, it was shortly after um, ASAP Rocky had gotten, um, ar- he'd gotten arrested, I think in Switzerland and then was eventually expedited. I forget the specifics, um, but ASAP Rocky came out during the song, which he didn't at any other night of the tour, which to me, that's just like one of the great parts about being in New York because you never know who's going to show up. There's all sorts of crazy things. I've been to so many shows where, you know, because it's a New York show, some random person comes out. Um, And it was just the verse, but it was still a lot of fun. And Tyler, you know, he's kind of gone through all his changes and things, but he's still one hell of a performer. Even, you know, I I remember watching videos of him on YouTube when his shows looked like punk shows with people moshing and crowd surfing and <laughs> throwing punches and stuff and seeing him do this big ethereal stage show was a welcome change of pace yeah i've i've always wanted to get to the garden and it is something that in all my time and i've been been fortunate to get to to new york quite a few times but i i haven't made it so i i imagine you know that i mean it's it's kind of one of those things that you you need to do uh, yeah. I, I feel at some point so it's definitely on the list and I imagine this would have been um, that great show I, I remember yeah when um, ASAP was uh, that was a that was a couple of years ago when he got arrested over yeah. here in Europe um, yes I remember that being a, a big deal at, at the time I, I think I was was traveling for work in Asia at the time and I still heard about it that's kind of <laughs> what a what a big news story it was um Tyler is I have a few friends who are massive Tyler the Creator fans um so something that uh, I I would have uh, you know been familiar with certainly um but yeah I, I think you know when when you go to see uh, a show and they the actual the people who've collaborated with the musician um rock out that is something that uh, always always makes it that extra little bit special absolutely it's it's one of my favorite things and you know i i've been fortunate you know i have a few more things coming up that have you know crazy people just various people showing up but it's one of the things that's incredibly fun yeah, I, I've had that with um, with gorillas, I think, a few times where, you know, because there's somebody on almost every one of the, the yeah. songs, you're never entirely sure who's going to show up. Uh, and then you're like, oh, my God, this person and this person and this person. Uh, uh, and, and then it kind of you're wondering, is everyone going to be there? They're, they're not always yeah. all there. But um, it is it is great uh, when when uh, particularly if, it, you know, if it's if it really lends itself to, to it, like, um you know, I think um, I'm thinking of, say, gorillas. They they use the Snoop Dogg video, um, and and that kind of feels a bit like uh, it's just a video. Whereas where they're when they're actually there on stage, it really adds to it. Definitely, that's uh, that's one of those things that you know I get it when people kind of just have like someone showing someone like the recorded part playing in. Um, you know, I think it's cool when people like kind of try to do their own thing. I've seen. Um, I saw Fallout Boy a few years ago and like they had a song with Elton John at the time. So like, you know, their lead singer was singing Elton John's part and it was great, you know, but even that show they had like Marky Ramon from the Ramones show up and Travi McCoy came out and they did, you know, songs that they've never done before as far as I could tell. And it's just like a real treat when something like that happens. Yeah. And, and, and I think even when, when you have somebody else say it's it's they've they've done a duet or or collab with somebody that person obviously they have their own life they have their own tour they want to make yeah. their own music but if they get someone else even to come in that can make it interesting uh you know if it's a, a t- somebody just completely different oh definitely that's uh, that's one of the things that i love so much and I'll, i've got a few that are kind of like that coming up but let's roll on into your next pick which was owen pallet's 
this is the dream of wine and regime. From myself, the prince of bars. Can't wait until you can't wait till you unsubscribe. I'll be unsubscribe. But what if they like it? And lock us in a cannery with your accordion until we can. So is his band Final Fantasy or? Yes. Yeah, so he okay. used to play. He used to play under the name um, Final Fantasy, and and this song um, is actually about the the two main people in the Arcade Fire. Oh. So Owen Owen Pallet actually used or still does the string arrangements for Arcade Fire, and then he went out uh, on his own, and so he, he played under the name Final Fantasy until such time as he got big enough, and the games company said, "No, you've got to you've got <laughs> to stop doing that." So he just plays under his own name now. But this uh this goes back to 15, 16 years. I had I was like just after coming to to Dublin and uh two two shouts out um here one my one of my best friends Keen um Keen O'Callan just he he's the guy who told me about this show but the organizer uh behind this uh, Leagues O'Toole Leagues um I guess he organizes under his uh the name is Foggy Notions and he is responsible for so many of my best nights in Dublin because he organizes so many of the gigs and so they were putting on this um this own palette this final fantasy show and my friend Kean said to me listen I think you I think you'd really like this guy um you should come along and this was like the Wednesday and the gig was the the Thursday perhaps it was literally a day yeah. in between um I there was a Tuesday or Wednesday but it was it was a day beforehand so I said grand yeah well I'll go along uh, to that so we went along and I was in Whelan's, uh, which is kind of his famous pub in Dublin. It's become famous for that movie, P.S. I Love You, that um, some listeners might be familiar with. But before that, it was always famous for gigs. It's been kind of renovated since, but this was before it was renovated. But we rocked up and they had the, um, usually it's, um, you know, ju just standing, but they were clearly not expecting people because when, when they weren't expecting very many people, they used to put out these long tables. So we were right. We were there relatively early because um, we always get there to kind of see the opening act and stuff. And so we got got seats and that was grand. And it begins. And <laughs> Kean said he looked over at me about 10 minutes in and I was just transfixed. I thought Pallet was just one of the most brilliant musicians I've ever seen. So what he does is he plays violin and he loops it. So he lays down a track, loops it, plays it over that, loops that, um, and then sings and plays. And it was just amazing. Um, and so um, this track, this Dream Winner Regine, was one of the first that I heard. And I just I fell in love with his music because it was just so brilliant. And you could see people texting going something special is happening here you need to come down and so the place packed up um so it went from just this kind of maybe 30 40 people there at the beginning to you know packed at the end and of course it's become one of those you know a bit like the arcade fire gig in in the first time they played Ireland, everyone was there all of a sudden you know yeah. um but he has come back. He loves playing Whelan's and he has been back a number of times uh, since. And each time I have, I've, I've gone to, to see him. I've gone to the UK and basically followed him on tour um, and got to, to chat to him a few times and just um, love his stuff. And what was interesting was um, a, couple, a couple of things with this, because we'll come to, to Jens Lechman as, as well a little bit later, but I went to see Owen Pallet and then um, I was going um, to see uh, Jens Lechman the following night. There's a guy um, who Tom Brazo, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's he's really good as well. And this is a couple of years later and Kean messaged me because he was living in Cork at the time. And he said, look, there's this guy, Tom Brazo, saw him in Cork last night. He's brilliant. You should go and see him tonight. And I said, 
I can't, I'm going to see Jens Lechman. And um, then all of a sudden I go along, Tom Brazo ends up being the opening act. He was supposed to play his own gig, but they actually brought him out. He ended up um, kind of coming out into the crowd and just singing a cappella in the middle of the crowd, uh, which inspired Jens to do it later. But what happened was after his set, this is where the the, the own paddling comes in. I go up and I'm talking to um, Tom McCrae's merch guy at the, the table. I'm like, oh, look, I'd heard about him. And uh, you know, my friend was raving about him last night, but I said, I can't go. And then I got saying, oh, I went and I saw Owen Pallet last night. He was brilliant. So this has been a great week. And then the guy said, oh, Owen, Owen is here tonight playing with Jens. And so Owen Pallet comes on stage. He doesn't even, he's, he's not collaborated with, um, right. Jens Lechman uh, previously but they they just happened to be in Dublin so played some songs together then afterwards they go out into the back alley when everything is closed down and they play a couple of songs out in the back alley <laughs> so absolutely ridiculous he was also the the special guest at um uh, foggy notions christmas party uh one year which i came i still remember this, came home from work this was this would have been uh i want to say maybe 2009 because I had Twitter and I had Twitter very early. So I get back and Lee leagues puts up on Twitter, special guest um, or somebody put it up saying special guest is actually going to be final fantasy at the foggy notions Christmas party. And I'm like, what? So I, I, I found whatever was in the house, shoved it into my mouth for dinner and ran down there to, to go to that. Um, so I, and that was like, I, so I saw him three nights back to back to back, uh, cannot, cannot recommend his stuff i i think you need to see him and this is why live is so important to like you hear it and it's good but when you see him construct it that really adds an extra dimension to it and that's what makes it really come to life uh but his his stuff is it's both melodic but it, it, it and it's beautiful and i just i would definitely urge anyone listening go check him out on on youtube um he does this he plays this uh, um not this particular song um but lewis takes off his shirt and he played it at a festival in canada during a storm and there's lightning and they're trying to drag him off stage and he's still going and it's one of the the most fantastic videos you you see and it was one of those moments one of those moments that i always think back on even though that video is probably 10 years old that I still go I wish I'd been at that I, and I will probably to my dying day go I wish I'd been at that festival oh there's so many shows that I'm kind of like that but yeah no that's awesome because I've never I've never listened to Owen Pallet's solo stuff he's done um production work I think on the last three Mountain Goats records which I'm a big Mountain Goats fan um so you know I was like vaguely aware but listening to this i was like i, I didn't I, I assumed oh he probably has a synth or a backing track or something but it's cool knowing that he's like doing it all live and looping it um and yeah but like you said there's so many shows that i see clips of or videos of on youtube that i'm like oh i wish i was there uh the big one for me lately has been jeff rosenstock at uh the pitchfork festival where he gets up and he's like, hey, you don't have to buy into any of this corporate bullshit, you know, pitchforks. He doesn't say pitchfork sucks, but he basically says pitchfork sucks. And then he's like, thank you to whoever uh, is about to get fired for booking us to play here. And like, that's like the type of show though, that I have that with so many things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and the the mountain goats, uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Another one that definitely could have made my list. Oh, yeah. uh, or what always always different whenever you go and see them, which I think is pretty cool when you go yeah. and see an artist and they do their own arrangements to keep it interesting for themselves. Yeah, the mountain goat the mountain goats are one of those bands that anytime they come to town, I'll go see them. I'll try to see them multiple nights if I can, you know. Uh, but it's always well worth the time. Um, but let's roll on in to my next pick, which was Tummy Ache by Diet Seg. You know, this one, I've seen Diet Sig a handful of times. 
Um, I've seen them open for a bunch of people. I've seen them headline twice. Um, I actually went to college with their lead singer. So uh, knew her before she was in Diet Sig. I don't think she would remember me, but she was friends with someone that I lived with. So like have a few nights that we hung out drinking beers. And then a friend of mine, another friend that I lived with was like, hey, you know, that guy's friend, she's in this band that is getting written up in Rolling Stone and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. Um, but I chose this for a very specific night where uh, that friend that said, hey, did you know this band is getting written up in Rolling Stone? We'd been talking and she said, oh, you know, I really want to go to a show. And I said, okay, let's see what's coming to town in the next few weeks. Um, and the band Bowling for Soup was coming. Um, kind of a pop punk band, silly, fun, a little nostalgic. And we said, okay, we'll go to Bowling for Soup. But then Diet Sig announced that they were also going to play in New York that night. Um, they were doing two shows, an early show and a late show. And I said to my friend, I was like, oh, you know, I kind of wish we went to see Diet Sig instead. And she said, well, why don't we? And I said, well, we have the Bowling for Soup tickets. And she's like, well, Bowling for Soup was pretty cheap and the Diet Sig tickets are pretty cheap. Why don't we go to both? And I said, okay. So that night we, you know, I went, I met her after work. We got drinks. We went to the Bowling for Soup show, watched the three or four opening acts or so. Bowling for Soup was bad. Um, I love their music. You know, they've done a lot for me. The show itself was not great for me. I thought that they were kind of, you know, they were, they, were, they were joking a little bit too much in between the songs. And I think there's a place for that, but it wasn't for me. But so we left after five songs, hopped in a cab, and then went to Brooklyn to see Diet Sig. <laughs> And Diet Sig was incredible. <laughs> um, and we got there right as Diet Sig's opener was finishing their last song. So, you know, we got a place like right by the stage and we were like, perfect. Um, so even though, you know, I, there's a certain fondness for that night just because a lot of people won't. Uh, I've left shows early where I'm like tired or, you know, I'm kind of like not feeling great or whatever. You know, but, you know, I've rarely like went to a show with a plan like, okay, I'm going to leave at a certain point, make sure I get in a cab to go to another show. That is uh, that is definitely a New York story, James. Yeah. Uh, the the fact that you're a that you're able to kind of go from you know one part of town to another part of town to see to see the these two bands, and um, I, I suppose the the bowling for soup thing is really interesting in that yeah sometimes you go and see a band and you really like their music but for whatever reason live it just doesn't work it might be the night it just might be the the interaction yeah. with the the audience but. Um, Diet Sig, um, I suppose, were more, yeah, pretty, um, like got, got pretty popular, certainly in, in terms of um, the music press and the critics over yeah. here at one stage. Um, but I hadn't, I hadn't listened to them that much and certainly hadn't listened to them in, in, in a while. So it was nice to kind of rediscover uh, them. And I, I really like her voice. Uh, yeah. I think uh, her voice is, is really, really good. So um, I, I'm, I'm glad that it worked out as well, that it was that you left a bad show and, and went to a good show. Yeah. And that it wasn't like the other way around around and that like you left this oh, it would be so disappointed uh, they wouldn't dead, it but... wouldn't it so many regrets but it, it was also the night they released this album so I think they were already energetic about that being like oh it's release day and um you know if you ever get a chance to see Diet Sig live they're just incredibly fun because uh the lead singer she it seems like she's calmed down a little bit I think she had an injury but she would like run around the stage she's kicking her legs up high you know very very high energy when she's running around yeah they um th those can be great uh, and um the sultans of ping who i mentioned earlier didn't make like that they are one of those kind of high energy high octane bands and that, i think that could be that could be great because everyone kind of uh, gets into that yeah, and feeds uh, off the energy yeah absolutely Definitely. Well, let's roll on into your next pick, which was First Breath After Coma by Explosions in the Sky.
yeah so um the this i i saw them this is the same venue that i saw janelle monet at and oh. i i can't I, I could be doing somebody a disservice here. I can't, I think I ended up going to this on my own because somebody was supposed to come along and then they, they couldn't. So I went along and I, I really was, I, I, I was excited about seeing them. Um, but I was kind of like, I was going along myself and I, I think I was, it, it was a long time ago. And I think part of it was, um, you know, uh, for, when you're younger, I think you think, oh, my God, going to something myself, what am I going to do? And it probably is a little bit tougher. at gig. Like, it's a lot easier in the cinema because you're sitting in the dark. Yeah. For gigs, you have the, the time in between the bands yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But I really wanted to, to see them. And I am I'm so glad that I did. Uh, they they came out and they had the, the Texas state flag, obviously, and they just said, hi, we're exposing this guy and we're from Texas. And then they just played. They didn't say anything else. And they were just unbelievable. It was one of those gigs where I felt like transported to another realm. And I, it was an almost out of body experience because it was so beautiful. Like that album, the, the earth is not a cold, dark place is just a really, really beautiful album. And it was at a time where I was falling out of love with guitars a little bit. And they were a band that kind of showed me that you you can do really interesting things with guitars and help me fall back in love. And I haven't fallen out of love since, but they were that night and maybe it would have been um, different on on a different night, but that night playing that album in that venue was absolutely magic. Definitely. They're incredibly like orchestral. I, I put on that album a lot, you know, if I'm just, I'm kind of alone and I just kind of need something to kind of fill the space. It's so perfect. Um, I had no idea they were from Texas, which makes me feel like an idiot because they, you know, it makes so much sense because they were the Friday Night Lights band. And, um, you know, I've been listening to to that album for so long. Um, But that's that's awesome. They're the type of band that I imagine is so great live, you know, where, you know, a lot of the bands I listened to were very influenced by Explosions in the Sky, that sort of, you know, atmospheric, sweeping guitar tone. And, you know, it's one of those things that I'm always incredibly impressed with when I hear, you know, just because, like, it's one thing to hear it on headphones and, you know, be able to, like, escape and it makes sense and it doesn't totally make sense when you hear it live, but it's still incredible. Yeah, and and listening on headphones, I mean, it almost it it's almost like a soundtrack, like to to your life. And um, remember the days where we weren't allowed like have our phones on or or have headphones on when when planes were taken off or yeah. landing. I would always have my headphones on and I would always, I would listen to Explosions in the Sky uh, for takeoff and landing because it made it so much more epic. And uh, I I wholeheartedly recommend that. Now I don't have to be surreptitious about doing it. Uh, I can be more open. But it's your shoulder. (laughs) No, fortunately. I'm like, no, trust me, if something goes wrong with the plane, these headphones will not stop me getting off of it. Um, I'm I'm reminded of that Mitch Hedberg piece where he's talking about being at a casino and a guy, he's standing in front of the fire exit and a guy tells him he has to move because he's a fire hazard. And he's like, if you're flammable and have legs, you're never a fire hazard. Uh, and I felt uh, the same about that. But yes, Explosions in the Sky, just a wonderful, uh, a wonderful soundtrack and uh, definitely uh, a great band to see live. Absolutely. Let's roll on in to my next pick, which was Constructive Summer by The Hold Steady. Something this summer, gotta build 
Well, Hold Steady is another one of those bands that I see every year, except I can usually plan it a little bit better because they always play Brooklyn the week after Thanksgiving. Um, and it's, I think this year, if they're going to do the four shows in Brooklyn, I have to go to all four. I usually only go to one <laughs> um, where they do all the different sets and stuff, but they always have a surprise opener. Um, and it's one of, it is one of my favorite traditions that I have because I'll go, I've gone with people, but I've also gone by myself, you know, and it's incredibly fun. I definitely drink too much when I go by myself and, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, this was not a safe decision. But, uh, you know, I think about this song in particular because I think it was the second or third year that they started doing those annual Brooklyn shows. You know, I'd already decided, oh, I'm going to go to to this this year. Um, and instead of buying tickets for the first night, which I had the previous year, I bought tickets for the last night. And the last night, they they hadn't announced openers, but they announced it day of that Frank Turner was their opener. And I'm a big Frank Turner fan. At that point, I'd never seen Frank Turner in my life. And you know, when Frank Turner comes, he'll usually, you know, on tour, he'll usually have like a full backing band, you know, he has a whole production and it's cool. But this time it was just him, just his guitar. You know, he had moments that he was, had to like shove the cable back into the guitar because it kept coming out. Um, but then, and you know, he himself was incredible. And he was like, yeah, I hopped on a plane from the UK uh, this morning. <laughs> I came to this show. He's like, I'm going to stay. I'm going to watch the show. I'm going to drink another beer. And then I'm getting back on a plane and going home. Um, but so when the Hold Steady came on and they did Constructive Summer, they brought Frank Turner out to sing on it also. And he does. he's done his own covers, but he's never sang with the Hold Steady before. But so it was just incredible to see that and then to see... Uh, to watch the band play together but then like Frank Turner was just in the crowd afterwards and singing along like every other person which you know I've seen happen before at like smaller gigs but in that sense not that he's a huge celebrity but he is something of a celebrity um and I got to interview Frank a few months after that which was mind-blowing to me but it's it's one of my favorite things that I think about. And that I think is my favorite time that I've been to uh, that set of Hold Steady shows. I, I love that story because I, I think that that's got to be the case for a lot of bands, right? Like they would love to get into the crowd and just enjoy yeah. some other band who they really like. But either they they can't or they've got to be somewhere else or they don't you know they don't maybe it's their you know they've other commitments or, or they, they they don't want to be seen it's it's an interesting one but because we're human they there have to be others who want to do that and um i i liked this because um my friend um samantha ward uh introduced me to the whole steady Oh, a long time ago now, actually, when she came to to study abroad in in Dublin, um, way back in uh, two thousand nine, um, something like something like that, um, and so I I had listened to to them a lot after Sammy first introduced me, but uh, it had been been some time, and uh, yeah, I I really uh, enjoyed this. And I I did did he really get on a plane that then the next day and go right back home? Well, that, or that's what he said. Story? I I don't know that for a fact, but you know he he said yeah, I flew over today and I'm flying back tomorrow. <laughs> He's, he may have done. He said before they played this song, he said, uh, you know, my my old lady said to me before I left, why are you going to America? This <laughs> and I said, I'm going to church. And then they played this, um, which is kind of corny. But, you know, it it is how it feels a lot of the time when you go to a show. There is a religious aspect to it. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, there there is certainly yeah with the with the crowd and like the, uh, the singing along and the call response, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so 
and you know i'm fingers crossed that that whole those set of hold steady shows come back this year um you know they've done a lot of live streams but it's not the same no no live streams are not the same but anyway let's roll on into your next pick which was love won't be leaving by anna calvi Yeah, no, and 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 I mean, Anna, Anna Calvi is she's just a rock star, and it, it's funny because people this notion sometimes, and not that they, you know that w- women can't be rock stars. She a hundred percent is, and I saw her again in in another small venue called the the Workman's Club in in Dublin, and. They, I get, I don't know who made the, the video, but somebody recorded that night. And so myself and my friend Aaron, who came to, to that show with me, feature prominently in this video. And I, I actually, because I go to so many gigs, I wear earplugs uh, at gigs because it takes the the edge off. And I, to I, me, I it, have it allows right here. <laughs> yeah, it allows you to enjoy the the gig a whole lot more um, because yeah. you don't get that they're ringing. Uh, you're not you're not damaging your hearing. But it's funny because they uh, you can see because they're the camera is right to the side of my head. You get you can see them uh, as part of it. But this this is a it's another beautiful um, song, but it's really powerful. Um, and uh, it kind of builds uh, into to it. And her voice is is just great, and it really carries it. And even though I only got to to see her the that one time in Dublin, I still remember the the performance. I remember how impressive um, she was. And it was it was one of those shows where the event, like the workman holes. I don't know. I want to say like. 250 people something like that may maybe 300 but that would that would be pushing it that would be very (laughs) crowded and yet like she had this incredible um sound and was just uh really really just an outstanding uh, musician and I just don't think she gets the the credit that she deserves at, at time and I that's probably a decade ago and yet it still resonates it's still you know you know the way when you wake up on a random thursday and you just have a song in your head and you're not entirely sure why yeah this is one of those songs yeah i'd never heard this but it it, you know it it sounds kind of timeless when you listen to it it like reminds me a little bit of like like a james bond sort of theme Mm -hmm. yeah you could i mean you could hear you could imagine this on any kind of soundtrack to this kind of, this kind of epic sa- song and soundtrack like that it would that, that it builds and crescendos um but yeah certainly a, a james bond theme i can i can see that absolutely This has been a Lug Hole Podcast.